Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you for the privilege of being able to share your word. I pray that you allow me to speak clearly and uh, things that are of you would just really stick to our hearts and the things that aren't just would fade away. We just pray that you continue to be moving in our hearts during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. We are the church. Now, for those of you who have seen the bulletin, I chose a picture for the bulletin that I tried to make it very appropriate. It says, what is the church? And if you're to look closely, it's really hard to see because they're really small, but those are all little people that are in line there that make up the, the words church. In other words, we are the church. Jesus told Peter in Matthew sixteen eighteen, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome. Jesus said this over 2,000 years ago, and his church remains today. The church has weathered many a storm and is here to proclaim and worship Jesus. That's because the church is much more than a building or an event that we attend, but rather the people of God. This building could disappear during this week and we could come together next week and we'd still be the church. I want you to not for, to forget as you leave this building today, and we even we could have signs that are the each door is saying, "Go be the church," because we don't stop being the church all week. As followers of Jesus, you remain the church of Jesus. There is so much that could be said of the church. In fact, much of what we went through in First Peter was on the church. Today, I want to start a two-part series on the church. In fact, sorry. And today, uh, the, our, our series is going to be entitled, We Are the Church. And today's message is entitled, The Hands and Feet. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. As a church, we come together to serve and care for people in his name. And specifically, we're cared to care for people in our congregation, our local congregation. We're called to care for them. So within being the hands and feet, there's two things I want to look at today. And so first... It's to think of others. That may be a no-brainer, but Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. In our lives, we get busy. It's hard 
to see far beyond what's happening just right around us in our immediate circles. For some of you, you can just barely get past what's what the people are just that are right around you at any given time. And typically that's all you really need to do. But Paul calls us to look beyond ourselves, to see the needs of those around us. C.S. Lewis puts it this way. Humility is not thinking of yourself, uh, thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's lifting your head up long enough to see the needs of others around you, not always dwelling on what is happening just for you. There's things that are happening within your world that need to be taken care of, and we're not saying those aren't important, but it doesn't need to consume your world. There's others around you that need you too. We're a body. If I was to say, I'm a hand, everybody look at my hand, you should always look at my hand, well, what about there's an arm that holds it up? There's a body. There's a body right here that holds up the arm. There's all sorts of different parts within us that need care and attention. We're not lone rangers. We don't just take care of ourselves. We work together. See your brothers and sisters in Christ as equals. There's no race. There's no rich. No poor. No greater or better. Jeff, can you bring up those next verses I have there? It says, For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For the same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call upon him. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10 12 and 13. And then I think I have one more. Listen, my dear brothers and sisters. Didn't God choose the poor people in the world to become rich in faith and to receive the kingdom that he promised to those who love him? Yet you show no respect to poor people. Don't rich people oppress you and drag you to court? Don't they curse the good name of Jesus? the name that was used to bless you, James 2, 5, and 7. God, didn't, God sees us on an equal playing field, and we need to see each other on an equal playing field as well. Some people feel that they should get greater attention because of who they are, because of their wealth level, and the, the amount they give. Oh, how much I give, you should listen to me because of how much I give. Others feel that they should get greater attention because of the the lack of wealth they have. Oh, well, I need more attention because I don't have. But what if we were just on an equal playing field? God sees you as equal. Maybe each of us can see each other that way too. And we can help each other uniquely. I know that within this congregation... Many of you would just love a call or a visit from someone. It's not the pastor's job. Do you know that? Although Pastor Al loves to visit and call people, it's all of our jobs. It's all of our jobs to encourage one another. 
And you know what? With our congregation our size, the pastor can't do it alone. He needs your help. We, we all need to step up and help. I want to encourage you to go beyond your circle of friends. Get to know others. How do you start thinking about others? Start looking at others. You know, one of the greatest uh, things that you could do as you're leaving the church today, stop and say hi to someone. Smile at someone. Sometimes it's easy for us to just run out of here and go do our thing. But if we just stop and interact with someone that's not in our pew. And I, I love the fact that I, I see people sitting where they, they don't normally sit because it throws me off. But it also says, you know what? You're interacting with different people too. And I love to see that. You know, one way to start thinking about others and getting to know others, we have a church directory. You know, for some of us, it's on our phones. We have a church directory on our phones. That's pretty amazing that we have a church directory app. But we also have physical copies of the church directory. And you can pray through it. You can go through and start praying each day, make a point of praying for someone different in our church. You can go through and write encouragement cards to people. You can start phoning your way through it and say, you know what? Here we are. I want to I pray for you. I just wanted to call you and encourage you and ask you what I could pray for you for today. I, wanna ch- I could challenge you to find, go through it and find five people that you don't really know that well and go visit them. Expand the circle of friends you have within our body. And as I just mentioned, you know, you could, next week, you can go find a different pew to sit with and find someone else to sit with and get to know someone else that you don't know as well. Being the church is not always here for you to come and serve me type of attitude. It's proactive. I'm going to go out. And some of you are limited, but it doesn't stop you from going out. It doesn't stop you from picking up the phone. Acts chapter 2 is, is our, the early church. And I just love the example the early church um, gives us of what, how the, what their attitude was in relation to one another. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 45 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to breaking the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at, at, at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They didn't look for barriers. They looked for commonalities. They had everything in common. What did they have in common? They had Jesus in common. We come from so many different variety of backgrounds, and yet we all have our faith in Christ 
Elle Colin Bond. The people there actively looked out for one another in the early church. They were willing to sacrifice that what they had. What an amazing thought that they would sacrifice what they had to give to another. In a world today where we, the world says, build up all you can, build up, build up your kingdom. If we were like the early church, we'd be saying, we want to build up God's kingdom. And when we're being bombarded by the world's message, in a me first, me first mentality, I can't spare anything. It's hard to stand out and say, you know what? I'm not going to be like the rest of the world. We can model what the early church did, looking out for the needs of others in our congregation. In this, in the process of thinking of others more, are there are there some who you could sacrifice to help? In Jesus' time on his earth, he, he put others before himself. Very much so to the, that he put his life on the line for us, that our sins could be forgiven. Would we continue that today? My first point in being the hands and feet of Jesus is to think of others. This is pretty obvious, and I mean, usually when you hear me from the pulpit, the things are like, this is really obvious. I, I, I would have thought of that, Dave, but I think we need to, need to be reminded of it again and again. And the second point, I think, flows from thinking of others, because when we're thinking of others, it begins, it will help us to go to lead others. Often, we put this on a pedestal for the pastors to do. Pastors, you go lead the church. But the, ch- the pastor's, our pastor's job is to train the saints, and then we're to go and lead. We are all capable of leading in different capacities in our church. Big or small, you are all capable of leading. You are gifted uniquely to serve in the body of Christ. God has given you spiritual gifts and we're to use them to edify the body. The Apostle Paul encourages us that we to seek out spiritual gifts in order to benefit the body of Christ. In Romans chapter 12, verses 4 to, four to 8, it says, For just as, <clears throat> excuse me, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to, belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is, encourage, if it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it, is, if it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. 
If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Each of us is gifted uniquely. Now use those gifts. Don't just store them up. Oh, I've been given this, this, and this. What good is a gift if we don't use it? There's children's ministry, youth ministry, adult ministry, our outreach team, women's ministry. All these are places that you can lead. And when we think of lead, well, I, have, I can't lead a team. But you can be part of a team that leads in that ministry. One person part of a team can lead a great group and do a great thing. So I want to encourage you to continue to think, this is a, where is the place in the church that you can lead others? Stop for a minute and look around our congregation. Just look at all the people. Our congregation is so diverse. From the young to the old. And that's one of the things I love about our congregation. Because there's some churches that are full of older people and they're so faithful, but I worry that those churches might die away. And there's some churches that are so young and they're hip and they've got all these things going for them, but they have nothing really to ground them and to teach them the, the ways of God. And so there's such a balance and a uh, harmony at our church that I love. Titus chapter 2, my wife encourages me with this verse constantly because it's on her heart. And I I just, I'm so challenged and and blessed by these verses. Titus chapter 2. You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-control, and sound in faith, in love and in endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be relevant, to be reverent in the way they live, not slanderers or addicted to much wine. But teach them to do what is good. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppress you will be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Each of you can have a profound spiritual impact in the spiritual life of another. We often call this discipleship. Though the term, that the term can really be intimidating to us, it's not as scary as we might think. Simply put, discipleship is helping another walk with Jesus in the day-to-day. The scariest part of discipleship should actually only be asking someone else to disciple you or asking if you could disciple someone. I recently heard a quote that I thought was quite profound, though obvious at the same time. Julie Kavanaugh was one of the speakers for the Prairie 100th year anniversary. And one night she was talking, she was talking about the importance of passing our faith on to the next generation. 
specifically our younger generation that's bombarded by the world, by social media, by peer pressure, by the school system. And here's what she said. Young people today have many people to follow, but few to imitate. All sorts of things telling them what to do, but few examples of what God calls us to do. Our young people need an example to follow that shows us how to live godly lives. We all do, each one of us. Each one of us needs that encouragement in our lives to be built up, to be challenged, and go deeper. The Apostle Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. See, Paul looked to, to Jesus as an example. He passed on actually to Timothy and Timothy passed on to someone, and they continued to pass down the, what it meant to live for Jesus along the way. Are you living a life honoring to Jesus that others could learn from? We don't need to make clones of ourselves. We don't need to make, you know, Melody doesn't have to make a, a mini Melody to that someone who looks exactly like her but someone that she could encourage and build up that they could develop as the person that God's called them to be. We want to pass on what a godly life looks like. I know we have many senior saints in our our church who have so much to pass on. And sometimes it's easy for people to say, well, I don't want to know what they did or where they make people feel like, oh, well, you know, I couldn't help them at all. But the reality is that there's so much to learn. Excuse me. But it's a two-way street also. The older can learn from the younger. And we can learn from each other on what it looks like to follow Jesus today. And different thoughts and different encouragements. So I want to encourage us not to be in silos in our church and just, you know, well, the younger people and then the, the older people. But I want you to interact and encourage one another and challenge one another. We are a body. We're not just parts on our own. We're a body. Pass on what you have. And not just once. But many times, keep on passing it down. And parents, you have a high calling in this. If not, as parents, we don't just ship our kids off to children's ministry, to youth ministry, and pass them on. No, it's our job to lead and show them what it means to follow Jesus at home first. Sure, those ministries are a tool to help us along the way, but it's our job to teach and show our children what it means to follow Jesus. You know, when I was in Bible college, I specifically sought out and looked for people who I seen Jesus in. 
teachers and former missionaries who I could talk to and learn from and grow from. And I think it's so important for us to continue to grow through our lives. We're not, we don't reach a stage and we're, we're done, but we continue to grow, put ourselves in a place to, to learn from those who've gone before us. Again, while Jesus was on earth, he spent time pouring into people. He led them. He taught them. His disciples would do the same. And this would continue throughout the ages. And that's one of the reasons our church is here today. Because people faithfully discipled one another. And friends, it needs to continue today. Today has been just a simple review of what we can do to be the hands and feet of Jesus. First, think of others. Take that step today. When you leave today, start thinking, who can I interact with I haven't before? That I would be thinking of others. Then, go and lead others. What ministry can you be involved in to help lead in our church? Big or small? Well, who can you, whose life can you impact for the kingdom that they would be grow closer to Jesus? Start praying about that. Who would God have you impact and encourage? What can you do to pour into the church here today? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that we can be your church. God, we, you've let us be your local body of believers here in Troshu. We are the, the local representation of you on earth, Jesus, and we are your hands and feet. But God, I pray that you would help us, that we would grow, that we would be a people, knowing that care for one another in our body. That we would have such love for each other here in Troshu, in our, in our church body, that we, the people outside would say, they're the real deal. They really love one another. I want to be part of that, that, we're, that our love is attractive. And Father, I pray that you would put on our hearts people that we can pray for, we could visit that are beyond our circle, that we would expand who um, we're, we spend time with. God, I pray that you would put on our hearts people that we can invest in in your, for your kingdom, that we'd be encouragers, that we'd have people that we could develop uh, lifelong relationships with and disciple them and help set an example, just walk beside them and, and live a godly life. God, we just thank you that we can be with you. And I pray that you continually encourage us through this week. In Jesus' name, amen.